Welcome to the Losing Faith Podcast. My name is Charnel, and here we're going to be talking about how our humanity collides with our faith and how our emotions can contradict what we believe in all the messy human ironies in between. It's like this huge human emotions, faith, thought, discussion. It's like a big burrito of humanity. <laughs> For churchy folks, it would be like a modern day psalm. So follow us as we go on these journeys where people talk about losing their faith, but also the journey of gaining it as well. Come on. Welcome again to the Losing Faith podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She's my friend. I call her Danny, but to the world, to the world, she's called <laughs> IP, the poet. I'm going to brag on her a little bit. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, she has been on multiple stages, oh right? <laughs> um, she has performed um, in, was it, is it Los Angeles? Where is it? Where is that? Um, LA. In LA. That's what I said. She performed yeah. in LA um, with, uh, what is it called? What was what was it called? Tell rhetoric, me. Rhetoric, PC Forum, Passion for Christ. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. She that she is a TikTok influencer, self love activist. Um. She has over a hundred k followers on there. I think it's a hundred, almost one hundred and twenty. I checked the other day, and <laughs> it is one hundred and twenty one actually. Oh. <laughs> No bragging, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> she's just she's just a phenomenal person and she is my friend and it's an honor to see her <laughs> grow into the woman she is. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add about yourself. Um, no, I feel like you nailed it. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, it's just, it's a privilege and you're going to hear a lot of laughing because um, we're friends. <laughs> so... We just laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a big part of our conversation. And today we are going to talk about the the journey that we've been on, um, feeling called, you know, by God to do things, but in a way that's not conventional, in a way that doesn't necessarily fit in the box of what we think, you know, as Christians, <laughs> you know, what Christians are supposed to do. I think that you know, sometimes when you grow up in the church, you, you think that you can be a preacher or you can think you can be like, yeah, um, you have like this status, this is a preacher, singer, choir, musician, usher, like just strict boxes that you fall into. Mm-hmm. And yeah. neither of us, neither of us fit into those boxes. And I think that we're going to talk about the challenges of those things. But before we get there, we, I want to tell a story, um, about Daniil and I from like, years ago and one day when she just brought me a dozen roses and you're like what happened listen listen guys (laughs) okay she just randomly it was actually in december too maybe that's why i feel like you know it just hit my heart like it was really cool um and i was going through a point in my life where i was struggling to believe like if i could ever have like love in my life and I was talking about romantic love, you know, um, I was single at the time. I, my son was about one years old and I was just going through a lot um, just in my own self-esteem and in that area. And she brought me these, <laughs> she brought me these roses, you know, with a poem, you know, cause she poet. And 
I feel like I feel like they're not gonna, okay. So let I, let's explain it from like my point of view, okay, and no, then like no, no. go with yours because I feel like it will make a lot more sense. Um, but I remember, I remember you calling me and not being okay emotionally, and I remember I gave you like some words of advice. Um, and then the phone call ended. I remember like praying and being like, yo, I want to do more. Like, what can I do other than nice and pretty words while, you know, Shar's going through what she's going through. And, you know, I went to bed. It was literally, I can remember this, like it was yesterday. It was Saturday and I went to bed Sunday morning. And while I'm at, or like when I just wake up, God is like, you're going to get her flowers. And I'm like, <laughs> like, Okay keep in mind I didn't even drive at the time like I didn't have my own car so I remember like going to my sister and being like oh like I need your car because I'm gonna get sharp flowers and everyone was like what like that's so random like yeah I'm gonna drop it off after church and I remember being in service and God being like okay with the flowers we're writing a poem and I remember the, the like the whole topic of the poem was like this is like my physical representation of my love for you and in my head I'm just thinking like okay love flowers like make sense and we go to like I went to the store and God was like okay roses like you're gonna get hurt dozen roses and this whole time I'm just thinking like oh cute like romantic roses love like makes sense <laughs> and I literally like go to Shar's house even as random as it is um and I just drop off the flowers and I remember her crying and hugging her and I'm like okay like and I read the poem and I'm like, he cute, like God's good and calling it a day. So then this is like Char's other side to like God just giving me like half the story and like Char's experience kind of like finished the rest of the story, which you can go on. <laughs> yeah. So when I, the thing about it is, is like one of the things that um, I feel like God has always shown me like I feel like I would see pictures of roses like even right now my keychain from my phone is a rose like roses are very significant in my life it represents not the love of um God like a human but a love of God towards me and at that time the only roses that I received was like one single rose from some guy that was just whatever yeah. right um so <laughs> the fact that I got a dozen roses and my first dozen roses came from god like daniel dropped them off but it was a sign from god that like he was the first manifestation physical manifestation of love in my life i have never forgotten it um it is a constant reminder of that i am loved and one of the foundational gestures that god used her to show me and it still keeps me stabilized to this day mm -hmm. um so yeah that is just a story between of our friendship but also like just how much God is just intertwined in it. And, you know, it's super powerful. I think it is. Cause even, I know it's your testimony, but it's for me to see how God used me was also a testimony, if that makes sense. And I remember like, and I don't know if you remember, but I remember like a couple months later, you know, me going through my own struggles and you showed up with a single rose and you're yes. like, God loves you too. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. But I think it was like a testament of like, it's interesting how God uses our relationship to reveal his relationship with us to each other, if that makes sense. So in the process of you getting what you need from God, God is also dealing with me in, in a different type of way, which I find 
it very interesting and amazing how God works so synonymously at the same time. It's just, he just blows Dude, my mind. So good. No, <laughs> he literally I, just blows my mind. Listen, yeah. it, it does. And I think this is a great segue into our topic because, you know, I think that there's always this question of like, how is God going to work in our lives? And I think that sometimes that if we just trust where he's leading us, that he will fill in the blanks as we go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember growing up in church and, you know, people would say to me like, oh, well, I had an interesting church um, experience. You guys know I wrote a book, Promiscuous Tales of a Church Girl, right? So like, it's very open that I was like living a double life. <laughs> and I grew As up in a very... <laughs> As majority of us are. <laughs> right, right. Living a very double life. And... um you know, but I, I think I always had a desire to know God, you know, to try and understand this, this concept of unconditional love, but also like how he's going to use me for me as a, as me as an individual. I think that was one of my biggest struggles. You know, I asked somebody a question one time and I'm like, you know, how do I serve God as an individual? And they're like, this is not right guys. And by the way, he said like, no, you just conform, you just conform, you fall in line. Right. And I was just like, so why did he make me unique? That's crazy that you had that experience. That is exactly what happened to me, especially like being on the, at the time I was on so many different things within church. I was in it all. And I remember the question being like, you know, like, why can't I do something like this? Or why I don't understand this rule. And his response was like, if you do something that is against the rules or regulations, it can distract somebody from the message. And then he uses a scripture of like, it's not about, not your will, it's, it's God's will, or it's, it's about Christ, it's not about you, you have to submit yourself. And in that sense, it's exactly the same thing you said. I was like, so then why did God give me a personality if he wants all of us to be copy and paste? That just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So that's, that's hilarious that like, you had the exact same revelation. Yeah, because like, I think I was always trying to say, like, if you say that God loves me for me, so why can't I be me? me? You know, and there, there was just, just like, you know, these boxes that we had to fill in. And, you know, I think I've always loved to say, so, you know, so I'm just like, well, in church, like, if I'm going to fulfill my purpose or my call, then obviously I'm going to sing on the worship team. Now, because of the fact that I was very openly promiscuous, I wasn't, I was openly breaking the rules. I wasn't allowed to sing, okay? <laughs> She's like, let me just put that out there. I was not. <laughs> I was not allowed to sing um, because honestly, my lifestyle was not, it wasn't hidden. I feel like something always just made it be public. So therefore, like, I, I feel like the religious institution in which we grew up in, <laughs> right, was very... Um, they, did, they weren't really accept, accepting of me, right? And I can understand, like, and I think that also gave me kind of a false, a false perception of who God was as well. And then what I'm supposed to do regarding that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have something like to bounce off with that, Danielle. No, and it's yours is more like, okay, public, I wasn't even allowed versus like me, like I was on the praise team and I was on the choir and I was a Sunday school teacher and I was a treasurer and I was, so I I was all those things where it wasn't even necessarily 
because at the time it wasn't even necessarily sin I would say per se but not being okay mentally like just not being okay wanting to die if we can just be honest um and the conversations being like hey like I can't be on the praise team today because mentally like I'm just not there and because I was picture perfect um to the T Christian apostolic as it gets and being in poetry and going to different churches and performing I wasn't allowed to say much less sin we're not even getting into sin I wasn't allowed to say I'm not okay and I remember a conversation with my choir director being like hey like I don't think I can sing today and his response was did you did you sin and I was like no um I didn't in my head I'm like I want to die though like I wanted to be sin. like that's why I can't sing I can't pour out right now because I have nothing to pour which I didn't feel comfortable saying but it was like okay if you didn't sin like go up there then like you know like and I'm like okay like with nothing to give going up there and having to pour out so like my story is like in the sense of like being myself not just like who I am personality wise but being able to be transparent and being like where I am in life like I'm not okay in life and not being able to be transparent in, in saying that is my um experience being in like the church the church realm I would say to add to what you said and I yeah. think where I, the question I'm going to ask you next is like, as a poet, like when you start, like, I know that there's a transition that happened from being like, you know, performing into churches until when you start to go into like in church lingo, we would say like secular realm. So basically like not church, you know, Christian, non-Christian environments. Um, what, 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 what is a verbiage for this? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like just normal poetry. People who <laughs> are raised in the church will know the lingo of secular mm -hmm. versus not, but it's just saying realms in which it's not a church. It's not in the four walls of a church building. My transition, well, we can go into, it's layers to this. So if we talk about first, I think it's important to address when I was in the church. Um, and if you know what I mean when I say that, um, yes. when I was performing in just church atmospheres, even that was a struggle because the conversations that I was bringing up in my poetry was conversations that the church did not talk about. I, in my poetry, I talked about struggling with homosexuality. Keep in mind, this is like five years ago, like six years ago in the apostolic faith. I struggled. I talked about struggling with pornography. I talked about um, being depressed, suicidal thought. I talked about weed. Small, like there's things that I talked about to the point where I would go to a church and they would be like, you know, what are you talking about? Like a youth church conference. And I would be like suicide. And they're like, we don't talk about that here. Like that's the stuff that I had to deal with rewrite poems because they didn't feel comfortable. Those real conversations being had on the pulpit as if talking about suicide would make people want to commit suicide. Like it was just right. very, it was very difficult. And even in being in the church environment, I still had to break um, out of some labels that was placed on like, oh, we don't talk about like everything's hush. Um, so even that in and of itself was a little bit not being myself within the confines of the church. Um, well, but I, wanna say, I, wanna say, I have to say something, watching yeah. her do this, by the way, like as as someone just like watching from the crowd and watching her go and perform like this the truth about the human experience that's what i would call that right because i'm i think that the 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 reason why people resonated with her poetry is because they were secretly suffering 
with the things that she was saying. They were struggling with depression or struggling with suicide or even homosexuality or struggling with their own sexuality. And where we grew up, it was not, it was not okay to openly talk about it. It's almost like you just pray to God and figure that out, but we're not going to put it on the pulpit. And like, especially in the rawest form that she was doing, like Daniil has always been so the gift of just being raw in the way that she translates her experiences. I think that's why it really um, hit so hard and where Mm -hmm. we grew up was controversial. Like, you know, it it was a problem, you know, because I think that sometimes even in religion in itself, when you take out the human in that experience, right? It's just like, we just got to believe, we just got to have faith, right? And we stop talking about emotions and the fact that like, you know, we are still a human in this, you know? And I feel like that's what they forget. I think that's what they forget. And I know that that's what God called me for because in the sense of like transparency, transparency to the point where it's uncomfortable, transparency to the point where certain people can't clap. But after they come to me, like with tears and being like, bro, like I'm struggling with this. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that was for me, outside of not being able to be completely myself was the biggest thing of like, bro, are you telling me the place that we're supposed to come to for healing won't even allow us to talk about the brokenness that we need healing from? Like no more, oh, um, can you pray for me? No, can you pray for me because of this? Like, can you help me with this? Like that transparency was not there. And I have so much stories. So like, um, I remember we were doing a meet and greet with my pastor and I was so excited because it was like the youth finally get to have these real transparent conversations. And so I remember like talking to my pastor and being like, um, what was your greatest struggle? Like growing up in church, like you're a pastor now. So like, how did you get here? And I remember him like completely deflecting the conversation and being like so much. I can't even think of one. Next question. <laughs> And I was there like, what? Wow. Like, you're not even in like your youth anymore. You can't even be transparent to be like, what are, what, what's the point of having testimonies? Like for me, the relationship with Christ is beyond just scripture. It's like, how do you know God is real? And that's like my, if I meet another Christian, that's my first question. Like, how do you know God is real? And if it's not to me, like a personal experience, yo, this is what I went through and this is what he brought me out of. How can you then say like you have a relationship with someone you don't have any experiences with and you don't even want to talk about these experiences? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. I mean, that is actually something that I, I, like if you guys follow me, it's something that I talk about all the time. And, you know, specifically now on TikTok, you know, when I, I have Christians that come up to me, if you go into my TikTok lives, like I do talk about believing in Jesus, but I'm definitely not in a forceful way trying to tell anyone else to believe in my God. What I do to, um, what I tell people is that I had an experience with God, you know? And I think that there's a lot of people when they think of Christianity, and I think that that's, that's a very wide term because there's people who are Catholic. There's different ways of seeing Christianity, mm-hmm. but there's like a resume of God. Bible, the Bible might even be a resume. So it's just like, oh, this is what I've heard about him. But I think that I've learned over the years that a lot of people haven't experienced him. So now when I'm on TikTok and I do talk about Christ, I talk about, I'm like, I try to invite them into an experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the thing is like, first of all, first of all, people don't even, 
but some people don't even believe that God loves them or cares about them. Um, that's a, so like before we even get there, right? I'm yeah. like, why would anybody want to serve a God that hates them or that's constantly disappointing with them because they don't follow all the rules and regulations that religion says, mm-hmm. right? That religion puts over the relationship, mm-hmm. and you know, which is completely false, by the way. I don't care what anyone has to say. I just want to say it. I'm very passionate about it. Um, yeah. That you know, God died to bring you back into relationship with Him. You know, and that, and that honestly is so hard. It's so hard because I remember battling being raised in the church I remember battling with constantly sinning and being like when I would sin I would just stop talking to God because I'm like I know I'm going to sin again so what's the point of you know asking for forgiveness to sin again and I remember God like paged me and all he said was like did I die on the cross in vain and when he said that to me I was like huh (laughs) because it was so outside of like what I was taught um, for God to literally reframe my mind. And even to this day, like, so to, I don't want to come on here pretending like I made it. I know. No, no, no. Even to this day, I battle with, does God love me? Or am I deserving? Am I allowed to say sorry again? And God's like, if I like the point that I died on the cross was for you to be able to say sorry again and again and again, because I know that you're human. Like God's like, I'm, I didn't call you to be perfect. I wouldn't ask you to be something that I knew you weren't able to achieve, mm-hmm. but I'm asking you to try, mm-hmm. like, just try, like, that's it. And when you mess up, come back to me and we'll do it again and do it again. And people don't understand that type of love because it's not shown anywhere in, in relationship dynamics, hell in parenting dynamics, yeah, that unconditional love isn't something that you're like, oh yeah, like it looks like this or like I can connect it to this. Like, it's just not like that. So it's hard to wrap your head around that, you know, being in a church where it was like, oh, you sinned, I'm condemning you to the back bench or you sinned, your reputation is gone. Like, it's just not. It's hard. They already put you in hell, right? And like, <laughs> I think one of the, the key things that I have learned today is that like, you know, when some, like this might be controversial for people when they'll be like, okay, I will tell people because I believe God will meet you where you're at. I, ha- I have conversations with people like, oh, I'm smoking. I'm like, so talk to God when you're smoking. He, because I promise you, if you keep engaging in the relationship with him, change will come. But sometimes we are trying to change ourselves without like, he knows that we had a capacity, but the grace is that he is with you in all things. So he will walk it out with you. So I don't there, tell people to stop sinning or stop. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that. And I see what you're saying. Like, I get it. <laughs> it's so funny because even then it's like, oh, I'm saying something I'm that might be saying, too. Like, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, because there's nothing that you can do to be deserving of a relationship with Christ, to be deserving of Christ. That, there's just nothing because you're imperfect, right? When you understand that, it means you don't even have power on your own to stop sinning. Like that, that concept is you're human. And in humanness comes sin. And what we're hoping is that you fall in love with Christ. You build that relationship with Christ where you don't want to sin. It's like, or he helps you not because you love him so much, or he gives you that strength. And people don't realize that because when you look at like relationships, like Shar, I know what you don't like now, right? But when we first started 
you know, becoming friends, how am I supposed to know, or how am I supposed to even care that what I'm doing affects you? But as right. we build that relationship, I'm more cognizant about, Shara doesn't like this. Oh, maybe I should do it this way. Or like, okay, Shara, I, I did this and I'm sorry. Like that mm. love that you have for God is what's going to drive you to not sin, addition to his help, because you cannot do it on your own. And I feel like that's what people fail to realize it's like okay I'm starting this relationship you think off rip you're supposed to not sin all these things that you've done for 23 plus years 25 plus years is supposed to go away that's not what happens no and you know one of the things that I like to do and Holy Spirit especially in the last year has been giving me like really good verbiage to framework this but like God himself is oh his concern about you is that your soul be well so what if the things he's telling you not to do will cause harm to your soul or the people around you like so when he says like hey like i don't want you to like the 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 guideline in the bible that says don't have sex before marriage because of the impact that it has on your soul like i had lots of sex before marriage listen but i can understand if someone that rule was in place (laughs) right like that he's like hey like you will be protected if you're in a committed covenant is a word in the bible but in a committed relationship right forever to learn like like forever and that what you just said isn't something that i realized until maybe like two months ago where people look at sin as like god is a dictator and he says i can't do this what sin actually is and what you're not allowed to do is simply protection it's just in the basis forms, if you look at it logically <laughs> in any shape, way, or form, like you can see where it's not beneficial to you, your mental health, your soul, to right. other people. It's just the basis. But because, you know, and church, sin is sin. It's this terrible thing. Don't do it. God doesn't love sin. Da, da, da. But they don't talk about the why. Why? And if you sin, what is it doing to your soul? What is it doing to your, the humanness aspect of it, other than you're going to go to hell? Like, yeah, because I believe that God wants me to live well, right? And he wants you to live well. One of the commandments is love love your neighbor as you have yourself. So if I steal from you, right? Now you're experiencing loss. You're experiencing grief. Now Mm -hmm. your, your soul, I, because of myself, now you are not well and I'm not well. So it says thou shall not steal. And most people are okay with that rule. You know, the sex one might, might be controversial for people, <laughs> right? But like, I'm just saying like, the point is, it's like, if he wants us all to live well, where we're still here, mm-hmm. those guidelines, if you put it back to the human, ex- if we start to bring it back to the human experience, you understand that he wants actually the best life that you could possibly live because there's still going to be trouble. There's still going to be pain. Right. And the reason why that is the truth is because we live in a fallen world. And also we have free will choice. Like some people will be like, oh, if God is so loving, like why, why does he allow things to happen? I'm like, because he allows people to choose. Like mm-hmm. the thing is love doesn't force. Mm-hmm. That is not that, the nature of love. That, and the fact that we have free will is highlighting how much God loves us. Yes. And it's, it's like, he just blows my mind in the sense of like, what did I do to deserve? He literally was like, I'm going to die on the cross. Okay. I'm going to give my one begotten son, right. So that you can have the choice to choose me if you feel like it. Like, and even then after I gave you the choice, I'm going to also fight for your love on top of that. Like, I'm going to fight for you to choose me. I'm going to show you that I love you on top of that. What did I do to deserve? Oh my God. 
God knows. Listen, it, it, I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, God died for you on a maybe. Most of us won't do nothing on a maybe. We won't even talk. We won't, we won't even call, like, we don't even want to call a man and be like, he, he might not call me back. This man, you know, like, I don't want to risk myself. Imagine, there. Just, imagine, no, imagine going to work and you might get a paycheck. Like, paycheck. I work here 40 <laughs> hours a week and I might get a paycheck. <laughs> like, are you saying that? <laughs> no, I, it's crazy. <laughs> he, he, first of all, not only does he love you no matter what, if you choose to serve him or not, he loves you just as you are in your state. But like, he died so you can maybe have a relationship with him again. That you can mm-hmm. maybe be connected to the God that has always loved you and always wants to engage with you maybe maybe if you don't want to his position and his and his heart towards you never shift. it's 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 this is something that the love of god is one of those concepts that you don't grasp it until you experience it you just don't because if anyone listened to this is like they've heard okay god loves me god loves me god loves me but until you truly understand the grasp of it, which is so hard because it's outside of the human. When the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. Like the way he operates is not in the logical realm of humanness. And I think it's just so hard to, to understand. And what I recommend, you know, to anybody who's listening and who doesn't feel like they're loved is to challenge God, is to be like, show me that you love me. I want yes. to feel you. I don't want to just hear God loves me. I, I want to get it. I want to understand. And I promise you, I promise you, he will do it. And that's, mm-hmm. I'm putting my word on that because that's his word of whatever yes. you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. The best way that I've had my experiences with Christ and, you know, <laughs> being raised in a Christian church, this might be difficult to say, but I, I, I put him to the test. If yes. you're God or you said this, <laughs> I'm not doing this because you said this, you need to show up. Like, help me help you help us build this together. Like that's, that's how I think I've handled my relationship with Christ. And each time he has showed up mm-hmm. and showed out every single time. Yeah. Like this kind of went in a different direction, but I do want to say like, you know, there's sometimes where people will feel bad. Like, Oh, I like people will criticize people for not trusting God. I'm like, that's like you saying to me, especially if I don't know you, go give your credit cards to strangers, right? He, God understands that you don't know him and he understands that he has to prove that he loves you. He knows that. He is so in tune with the human experience. This is what I feel like people are, that's the disconnect. He knows us completely. And honestly, everything that Daniel was just saying, I'm like, and he knows our condition. And he, and he is, he is so, he's always just trying to get that love to us any way that he can, that he's not negating the things that you're struggling with internally to believe that. So don't feel bad about not trusting a God that you don't know. What? He but knows that, that. That's the thing. And this is where it goes to relationship. So it is in the spiritual, so it is in the physical, right? What I like to do is draw the, you know, relationship between husband and wife or dating, right? I'm not going to, a guy who I just met two weeks, I'm not going to trust him with my heart. Let's be, let's be honest. If I need him to show up, I'm not going to be like, yeah, he's going to show up. I don't know him like that to know that he shows up. I think God puts us in specific situations so that we can question him and reach a point where, you know, that trust is there. Like, for example, for me right now, I don't think I struggle with trusting God. I more struggle with how he's going to do it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I've had so many encounters with him that he's proven himself so many times 
that for me to sit here and be like, I don't trust God is a slap in the freaking face to him because of everything he brought me through. Things that I didn't even think I could make it out of, he showed up. So more it's like, okay, God, how is you showing up going to look like more than God, I don't trust you at all. But that only comes through experiencing him and being like, God, you know, this looks, I don't know how, or like you said this, but I don't know. And he will show himself to you. That's the beauty of relationship. Exactly. I'm like, and I think that, you know, people will say in a romantic relationship that they're ever learning their partner. They've been together for 30 years. They're still learning about them. So I'm like, so how do you like, that's, you're in a relationship with God. You're going to continually learn about them too. And I will tell you like Daniil, like when you were saying that you don't, you don't, you like when sometimes we make trust and it's like black or white. No, I, I can trust God in certain areas because I feel like, yes, he's proving me in this area. And if a new circumstance happens where it's completely new to me, I feel like I'm a little shaky here, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. And it's and he's okay with the fact that he, you're learning to trust him across the board. So you mm-hmm. might say to show up, but what you're saying is like, I didn't know how to trust God with my grief. Mm. With my I didn't know. I thought that if I felt all the pain of losing faith, that it would crush me mm. and I would die from just feeling that and mm-hmm. I got to a point and I said I, I couldn't hold it in anymore and I just said God if you're gonna save me you're gonna save me but I, I can't I I'm going to grieve and I'm going to feel this and yes he supernaturally caught me guys it's almost like I jumped off the building and think about like uh my emotions and let that grief hit me and he caught me in one of those firefighter inflatable um <laughs> like no matter like I had to say to God I said God if you're real this this is me being a Christian for years like and actually trusting him like God, I have many testimonies but being at the point when my daughter died and being like listen I need you to be as real as my pain mm-hmm. 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 if mm-hmm. you're real be as real as what I'm feeling and experiencing because I cannot I can't do it I'm going to wake I'm writing an obituary like it's like I'm writing my own I'm yeah. my letter because like it was it was so heavy and I promise you I talk about this all the time I'm like I can't explain it completely because it was supernatural when I say that he lifted the burden off of me and I'm not saying I don't go through days right but when I went through my deepest parts of grief where I felt like it was going to crush me his love his consistency like yeah yeah it did yeah. but I had to experience it I had to like take the risk and like take the leap and the jump to do that um, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to try and bring, we're going to circle this bit in <laughs> with, because this foundation is really important. I'll say this right. because, you know, this is the foundation of why we can step out and do what we do. Right. right. Because we have learned through our experiences to trust God to a certain level. So when we're starting to walk into these very unique spaces, um, we can see that he loves us and like, you know, we're going to talk about it. So let's just take a break. <laughs> Your value was never on the table. And it was a saying that I started to say on TikTok lives to remind people that no matter what circumstances or no matter what they've been through, no matter, you know, what their parental figure said or people around them, 
you know, that they've always been valuable, not because of what they've done, but because of their existence. So I created this hoodie that said my value was never on the table. So people could wear not just a hoodie, but a statement so they can personalize the message for themselves and the world around them. So if you are interested in the hoodie, you can look up any link in my bio and you can get yourself an exclusive hoodie. I usually drop only a certain amount because, you know, I don't like everybody in my stuff. <laughs> um, so you will have the hoodie and a limited amount of people will have it too. But understand that it is more about the statement than just a piece of clothing. Welcome back. Um, so trust me, continue on this boat with us. Um, we are going to get to where we're trying to land. But um, Daniil, like, you know, do you have something to say off of what I was just saying before the break? Um, you can go. There's actually, I know uh, it's your pocket, but I actually have a question and I feel like it's, it's interesting. What do you do when, because we're talking about trusting God. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do in those moments where you trust God and he doesn't come through. How do you navigate that? Because I think it's beautiful to talk about, oh my God, we trust God and he'll always show up and show out. But realistically, that's not always the case. Well, okay, for instance, like, God has, I don't think God has ever really shown up in the way that I expected him to. Mm. So I don't think when I say that he's shown up, I'm saying that he showed up in the idea of what I thought that should be. Mm -hmm. What I have learned is that he does show up, but if I'm still here, sometimes we, from our perspective, we can feel like he didn't show up because the plan is not fully written out yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so like um, I could say like, you know, with grief, when you meet, when you, when someone dies really close to you, I think this is the thing. It's like, is this really like, I pray, why? why <laughs> that's the biggest one yeah like seriously like you know like why did she die you know like like i pray i did i not have enough faith did mm -hmm. i not believe you know like you have resurrection power so like you know you have the ability to heal the sick like no matter what the circumstances like you i that's the god i believe in so you failed me that's mm -hmm. what it felt like in the moment Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm still obviously walking through the process of this, but today, right. I can, I, there's a piece in me that says that faith gave me the faith to leave the situation that I was in. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately also that my, I, I can't say that God failed me because, you know, death is a part of life that mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. but my story is not finished being written. Right. So for me to say he failed would be a premature evaluation of my life story that's not done <laughs> yeah no i i completely i completely agree because i always say um whatever you pray for whatever you ask for you know it doesn't look like what you think it might look like um and i think in that sense sometimes us as humans so limited with just the situation at hand that we don't see how he showed up for us in other areas there's some situations where I'm like, I even make jokes like, God, don't ever bring me through this situation. I won't be able to make it out. Like it is what it is. And God's like, yeah, puts me in the exact same situation. Um, and I barely make it out alive. And now that like I'm, I'm over the situation or it's been years or a couple of months, 
where I realized that in that process, the seeds that he sown um, in me that I thought was, I can't trust you anymore. You didn't do this for me. Or why didn't you show up the way that I wanted you to show up? Or why did you let me feel this hurt? God was like, that, that was me digging. <laughs> that was me moving the soil around. That was me implanting something in you. Like that was me doing surgery, like skills that I didn't even know that I needed in the area that he's called me in or called me to, yeah. which is a bit relationships. Like my topic right now, which I feel like is the most ironic um, on social media and what people love to hear me talk about is relationships, which was an area that I was most broken in, like going to men for validation, getting my heart broken, getting cheated on, being a terrible partner, being toxic. So feeling like I was unlovable and I had the capability to love, like there's things where I've prayed about like, God, like, why am I so promiscuous? Why do I need attention? Like, and for him to be like, in my head, not healing me, not showing up in certain type of ways for them to be like, I needed you to go through certain things to you because how else are you going to spread the message about heartbreak? How else are you going to walk into your calling if you didn't experience what I'm calling you to and what the people who I'm calling you for are going through if you haven't experienced yourself? Like I'm teaching you healthy boundaries because now you're in a relationship with no healthy boundaries. I'm teaching you that like, and it's funny how he works and why I say he's so meticulous and why I say he's so amazing and how crazy his mind works is that in the moments that I didn't trust him, in the moments that I felt like he wasn't there for me, he actually was beyond my wildest dreams where now I can look back and I can be like, God, thank you for that heartbreak. Thank you for that hurt because I wouldn't be the woman I am today. And humanness outside of my relationship with God is so amazing. I can look in the mirror, like mental health, we're talking about, you know, outside of the religion, outside, outside of Christ. I look in the mirror and I'm proud of the woman I am because of the situations he forced me to go through. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm like laughing because it's resonating. And I think that, you know, we are, we are, we are getting to where I, because I feel like all of this is about becoming, right. you know, I got a lot of words, you know, prophetic words. If you guys know, it's like, just like of where I was supposed to be or like the woman or even myself. Like, I feel like God would show me glimpses of the woman that I'm supposed to be. And, you know, through all of the process that I went through and all the pain and all the suffering, it was cultivating the woman that I am today, you know, and the character that I have today. Um, the stability that I have, the viewpoints, the way that I see things, my relationship with God, like I, I would not be here without the adversity or the pain. I would not be here you know, without the suffering. And, you know, for instance, like I am such a compassionate person now and I'm like pain taught me compassion mm -hmm. because that is something that every human goes through. And, you know, growing up in church, you know, sometimes we feel like we're only either the only thing we could possibly do, right. Is like tell people about Jesus and tell them not to go to hell and bring them into the church. Or we're going to talk to other church people. And today I know that I'm like, no, I'm called to people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to help people. And like, you know, even if God himself, like I want Daniel to comment on it. If God himself came down to relate to the human experience. Okay. <laughs> so we can, so he can resonate with us, you know, 
my the things that I go through the the things that connect us and not what divide us this is what I talk about all the time like um on my TikTok lives guys if, shameless plug you should follow me on TikTok live talk about <laughs> <this> stuff. um <laughs> like um yeah like it's just the things that connect us and not what divide us and what connects us as all all humans is like pain suffering we all go through it joy emotions like all of us experience that no matter what language you speak right like people can be cussing people out in different languages and we can all understand anger frustration right like mm -hmm. that emotions the thing that some people just want to act like doesn't, doesn't matter this. yeah right or like or it's the it's the worst thing i'm like i don't think that they should control you but they're so important right yeah. they're built into us for a reason yeah. is one of the biggest connection points that translates that, on words no hundred hundred percent and i was even um writing a poem about you know christmas and you often think of like when jesus comes you're thinking about oh he died on the cross for our sins he died on the cross for our sins that's why he came sent his only begotten son so on and so forth but the revelation that he brought to me is like i didn't just come to die on the cross i came to step into my creation so i can understand it so that when we say in scripture it literally says i'm touched with the feelings of your infirmities when he says those things it's not because he understands from a god perspective is no he stepped into humanness to understand that so i think being raised in a church where it makes you feel like you're not supposed to feel or you're supposed to be you know a robot um or your feelings aren't valid is is very detrimental because not even jesus believes that you know what I mean? Like not even, that's not even his, the way that he perceives things. So it's, it's hard to navigate when you come from a church like that to then be able to look at yourself and be like, Danielle, the feelings that you're feeling is valid and God thinks they're valid. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> like what? <laughs> you can't how you feel. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I think that was one of the, like, you know, if you struggle with prayer like that could be one of the biggest barriers like does he care about what i feel or does he care about just what i'm doing no he cares about you holistically and and this it, my, my go-to scripture that changed my there's a lot of scriptures that change my perspective on relationship versus religion but a big one is um you know when uh, i forgot who it was but god was like depart from me i don't know you and they're like but god haven't i not done this haven't mm -hmm. I not, you know, and the things that they were listing, they did, haven't I not called out demons in your name? So they were effective in what they were doing. And mm -hmm. yet still God says, depart from me. I don't know you. And it wasn't, you don't know me. I don't know you. And that's where it showed the relationship aspect of, yes, you can study the scripture and know the Bible head to head to toe. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. you can, you know, preach and touch people's life and affect people's life. But the relationship does God know you and do you know him? That changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, sure. that, I think that ultimately when we are walking out, I think the powerful thing about us, you know, not necessarily like, you know, some people come on my lives and they're like, oh, you should be a preacher. And I'm just like, I'm on TikTok right now and I'm speaking to you. I it am. I, <laughs> but like, you, you know, what does that look like to you? and this like you know it. what what yep. I, i'm sitting on here and like there's some days where i will have lives and like the whole life when the live is done there's 10k people that went through that live mm -hmm. right? sitting on my bunk bed i do the bunk bed live show right and i'm just speaking i'm like so what more is the message 
you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't say Jesus because like, there's some people that are like, oh, why don't you start with the scripture and with the scripture? I'm like, because what I'm doing on TikTok, especially because people believe all types of things is that I'm trying to introduce God's character because it has a really bad rep. Like God's reputation is real bad. But yeah. if I could introduce you to the God who is love and start to interrupt the framework by just the way that like, because me just living is evidence of God's love. I believe I, that. That, and I think it's insulting to God when we believe that we have to say his name to be identified as Christians. I think that's insulting to limit God to simply what comes out of our mouth. Mm -hmm. And this is why relationship is so important that when you have a, have you ever like, you know, me and my partner, because we've been together for so long, I sound like him. <laughs> my, my characteristics are like him. Like I do stuff and I'm like, like, oh, why am I doing this? Like that's something he would do, but that's how it is with your relationship with Christ that it becomes so enrooted in you that your existence speaks his, his, his love, the way that you interact, someone can identify you're different. Like, you know, what, why did you say that? Like, why do you talk like, Oh, Danielle, I noticed that even little things, I noticed that you don't do this, like, and they inquire. So I feel like to be on, you know, live and just having conversations, mm -hmm. no matter how much you try, even if you're intentional about not saying Jesus's name, Jesus is going to come through in your diction, in your words, in your phrases, how you say things, in your body language. It's just what's going to happen because he's just that guy. Like, he's just that powerful. He's just that guy, right? It's funny, like, and I will say, like, I just don't say it unnecessarily. I think that sometimes, like, you know, like, if I'm just having a conversation, like, I'll be on my lives and, like, guys, I will talk about sex, right? That's a huge part of my story. There's people who are struggling with sex, right? Um, like there's, and so I will say, yeah, I was promiscuous. I was in the streets. Like that was just my reality. But then I start to talk about why. And then I start to talk about me finding love for myself. And, you know, I have hoodies that sell my, um, the hoodies say my value was never on the table. Mm -hmm. Right. And they'd be like, oh, like, you know, some, if some people really Christian people be like, oh, where's the scripture? Just put a scripture. I'm like, the, the, but it is embedded. And my value was never on the table is because I know, right, that God loves me from my conception and my existence, that he mm -hmm. found me valuable and he died. But even if I don't say that, reminding the human, his creation, that they are valuable is actually enough. The seeds that I plant, the seeds, like, if yep. That, yep. that is yep. enough. Yeah, yep. Seeds grow. I call my, but that's me, like, I call myself the self-love activist. But yeah. when you hear my stories and you hear them enough and I talk about my turning point and what I realize, like God come, it just, he bleeds through the testimony bleeds through. And I feel like, and it's not, and I don't want anyone to think where it's like, we don't want to say God's name because no, no, no. This is not us being intentionally to not say his name. No. This is just living as Christians and building a relationship with him that we don't even need to say his name. Right. If it comes up great. But if it doesn't, it's not going to take away that God is very much present in my life. And right. when people do come to me and they ask the question, how did you do it? Then we will that identify. Segue, even a better segue where now they're curious. It's not me saying, you know, I'm going to shove God down your throat. It's, yo, I can't help but tell you, you know, my testimony. And if you want to know more, we can dive into it from my experience. And if you choose to want that same experience, then so be it because that's what God did. 
he right. came down and told his stories. He did his miracles. He had his experiences and said, if you want to choose, here it is. Yeah. And I think that's how we as Christians should operate instead of being like, you know, judgmental or, you know, putting on a certain persona to seem as if it's just not real to me. And transparency, I feel like is what God has called as scary as it is. I think transparency is, is what he's called me for, because I, I feel like I go through certain things where I'm like, I don't want people to know about this. And God would be that person be like, you know, that you're going to have to talk about, like, <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, I know <laughs> it's just hard. So yeah, transparency is key. And I think that's the only way that you're going to relate to other humans is by being human. But by being honorable, um, vulnerable, being honest, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm called to transparency too, but I think that there's a level of honesty that comes with having to have to do, like, you, you just got to be honest. You got to be honest with yourself. I know that this is where I was called because I remember getting like, I remember testimony services. I would get so upset. Like somebody else stood up and just said, you know, I had a hard week. God's good. Like, and I, it's not, and I always want to say this, it's not being mixed up. It's not like, oh, I want to know what people are going through. It's that transparency of like, why does it need to be this like taboo to be transparent with your testimony? Everyone can say, oh, I had cancer and God healed me. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone can say I had a stomach ache and a headache and God delivered me. But when we start talking about human stuff, like mm-hmm. I couldn't stop talking to multiple guys at one time <laughs> right. and God healed me by showing me, you know, self-love and teaching me healthy boundaries. That's the stuff that, you know, people are scared about, you know, I had an abortion. Nobody wants to talk about those stuff or I got pregnant and I went, people don't know about those stuff. Like people don't want to talk about those experiences because it's too shameful of what other people are going to say, not knowing that your testimony can be the deciding factor of whether someone lives or dies. And I know how extreme that sounds, but interacting with people who've been like, Danielle, I didn't know I wasn't the only one or Danielle, I am struggling. And that relief of just being like, somebody else gets it can change somebody's life. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think that, like, and I think that's the power. I'm like, I think that sometimes when we think about calling our purpose, I'm like, to me, I'm like, it's just telling your own story in whatever way, right? You are an expert of your own experiences. There's a scripture that talks about being a living epistle, mm-hmm. being a live, like a living Bible, right? So if I am living this thing out, right? My life is evidence of what God can do. And the, like, the thing is like, I can't tell my story without talking about Jesus, just like Daniel was saying. It's all yes. intertwined. Mm-hmm. you know and like and the thing is now the only the only thing that I do is like I just have this conversation with everyone mm-hmm. that's not controversial like guys if you, the more you listen to this podcast you're going to hear people like there's somebody that's going to be on this podcast that's Muslim right and you're like mm-hmm. whoa what's happening I'm going to talk to people who believe in spirituality like you're like the next episodes like there's people who believe in the universe mm-hmm. but one thing that we relate to is a human experience and overcoming right and some people like why you why would you like why would you ever like 
I'm like, because if God just loves people, God so loved the world that he gave, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, some people just need to hear the validation of people's experiences. And the thing is like, if God gives me the ability to choose, he gives them the ability to choose too, but I don't need to be forceful. I, if mm-hmm. I believe, I, I believe that I, so say if I believe that I serve the God and he's the truth. I'm not God, but I believe that he will lead you to all truth if people desire to see it. So yes, I'm going to interact with people who don't believe the same as me. I mean, like Jesus sat down with all different types of people, right? Like, and he I'm, doesn't need, I, and I know everyone says this and I don't, I'm going to be iffy when I say it, but in the sense of like, he's God, like he doesn't necessarily need our help in the sense of like, he doesn't need you to force it. Like there's people who have their own experiences and nobody else was included in that testimony, but God literally physically talking to them or physically coming down and doing X, Y, and Z. So to say that, like, I need to bring people to Christ or this is what you need to do. It's like, how about we learn to just love God, (laughs) build that relationship and people will see it and their lives will be changed. And the question I have for you, Shar, is like, what was that moment that you knew that God didn't call you to be in the four walls of a church building? Probably when I released my blog like my blog in 2017 um mm-hmm. which book shameless but like my which is now my book promiscuous tales of a church girl mm-hmm. um because it when i openly start to talk about it right and it had nothing to do like and if you read my book by the way there's a lot more there's a lot of more church rhetoric i do not even talk in that way anymore um <laughs> right <laughs> Unless there's like context to it um but what i learned in that moment was like what I experienced and learned about God didn't happen in church right Mm -hmm. so I'm just like if it didn't happen in this four wall it wasn't confined to that for me right Mm -hmm. so like I'm just like so clearly my message is not just for I mean actually to be honest church people didn't really like they secretly said it was okay like they would come and whisper to me but like it wasn't necessarily the church people that it resonated with Mm -hmm. but it's resonate with all different types of people that mm-hmm. weren't in the church and I'm like wow like you know what like maybe I maybe my stages and I'm more coming to terms with that now I'm like you know even when I think I'm like you know one day if I if I want to have a conference or something like what that would look like I'm like and it probably wouldn't be a room full of church people I, I just you know like I, I just can't <laughs> thrown out of churches but like you know because of like because I think when I talk about I'm just so against religion that's another thing I think this is the other layer to it I am so like religion like the spirit of it and you know this might be being like the spirit of religion it makes me sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. because it 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 takes away from the relationship And as far as I know, from Genesis back to Revelations, it was about a relationship. Mm-hmm. The book is about relationships. What is it about? No, so, I, have, I have to agree 100%. I agree 100% with that. I think, and as I started uh, learning my relationship with Christ more as I started to I believe walk in who God has called me to be it became blatantly and evidently clear 
that the church wasn't where it was supposed to be. Like it was, it was so, it was one of those things where you can even hide it if you wanted to, um, right. where fitting in became uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't sit well with me. Um, and I didn't know to what, and at the time we were talking about trusting God, I didn't know what capacity. If someone told me where I am now and what I'm doing a couple of years ago, I'd be like, huh? Right. But what I found funny is on, you know, the other day I was looking at, and this is a whole, well, I guess this walks into the topic, but I was looking at my Instagram archives mm-hmm. and I was watching videos that I used to make on Instagram in like 2015. Mm-hmm. And they look very similar to the TikToks that I'm making now. Wow. And I laughed because a lot of things that we, we think it's like this great, oh my God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? But once you trust God and once you build that relationship with God, you'll realize that he's preparing you for your purpose throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Where when you step into the purpose, it's so organically in you because you trusted him along the way where it's like, God, why didn't you just tell me like, I'm going to be doing this? Like, why did mm-hmm. you have to bring me through all of this? And now I'm here and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is nice. Um, so trusting God and reaching there and being like, okay, like this is, this is comfortable. And I remember like what you said, being told ever since I was young, you're called, you're chosen. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. I'm um, rolling my eyes if you're listening to this, like. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Um, how do I get like, okay, like, how do I get there? How do I navigate that? And even that in and of itself, mm-hmm. even that in and of itself, you know, I don't know if you can relate the weight of being great and not seeing the greatness was so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost painful. It made me feel inadequate. And it made me feel because I didn't know what it looked like. And I'm like, God, I'm looking at my life right now. And this is not, this is not the greatness that I feel like you were talking about. Like, this doesn't look Mm -hmm. great at all. And having to learn to trust God in those moments where what we see as great may be physical things, maybe thousands of followers, maybe this and that and this and that. But what we need to understand about the process is, God is, yes, he's building us to be, you know, physical greatness where people can see, but he's also building our character to be mm-hmm. able to maintain that greatness. And mm-hmm. so those moments where you physically don't see anything going on is those moments where you need to check within yourself of being like, God, what are you building in me so that when I do reach this platform or when I do reach where you're calling me to be, I have the character, I have the relationship with you to withstand it. And Mm -hmm. that for me, even to this day, is a struggle because if I feel like I'm not doing something, then I feel like, okay, I'm not walking my purpose because I'm physically not doing something. Not knowing that purpose also involves your character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, for real. Or your healing or like, you know, like you gotta. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big one. Or your healing. Or your healing. Because if you're broken. And, and speaking and trying to encourage people out of your brokenness, that can be detrimental. And I did that. I don't remember if you know, but I used to do that a lot with depression. Like when yeah. I was going, <laughs> I would try to motivate people. And sometimes I look back on those videos and I'm like, oh my God, Danielle, like, oh my God. Um, but I was so broken and yet still trying to motivate people in my brokenness. And it was almost detrimental 
I feel like it discouraged people more than motivated people because I was just spewing. You know, when you, you're bleeding, I'm, I was just I bleeding know. all over people and I wasn't healed. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh my God, like, I hope I didn't hurt anybody in the process or lead anybody to, to darker thoughts or, you know what I mean? But you well, don't know that that comes with maturity, I guess. Well, I'll say from my perspective too, I think that who you are speaking to they 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 were more like the uh, you have to consider who you were talking to at that time right, right? they were dealing with being honest so mm-hmm. they so i know i i hear you on one side but on the other side i hear like they needed someone to be honest in ways that they couldn't right right so in that point of time what you were doing you were already walking in purpose and calling because we always mm-hmm. are like that's one of the things like god is he, God is not like one function, you know, he's not like some of us that's like, I can only watch this one plate at one time, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> he's doing multiple things at once, but like you, at that, that what you were need, what was needed at that time was honesty and transparency, right, so you were serving what was necessary at the time, now at a more healed position, right, you, there, um, there is a difference, right, I think that I do like, for for instance, on my platform, I talk about things that I'm currently walking through. And then I talk about things that I'm more resolved about. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that they both have served purposes. And- I think it's about, like in intentionality and wisdom in the sense of like, and I don't want it to get confused in the sense of like transparency, like just speak your stories uh, without there being a reason to, or a message to, I think, because I think sometimes there's one, and I don't want to it's all nice to relate and you know especially when you're in environments where that is not even talked about and you need that um Mm -hmm. but then it also needs to be I feel like a goal yeah no yeah 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 because I interact with both types of people right so like this is where I'll say there's levels to this right so there's some people that are at the level where they can just relate right because they're not at a place of like being resolved right and this is the thing about but when you're going to start leading people, right? Mm. That is where there needs to be. Uh, yes, it shifts. So there's a difference between being a part of the crowd and being me, you, me, um, me too. And there's a difference between now I'm leading somebody in a direction. When That's you're leading someone in a direction, now there needs to be a goal and a destination in which you're leading them to. So now if I'm having these unresolved issues and I have no destination then you can be leading people astray so there's sometimes like there's sometimes we can be doing so I think at that time when you were like years ago when you look at that content I think you were definitely just relating like oh this is me yeah being relational but like I think that there's a point now that when you become an expert of your experiences and you start to get those lessons out of these things that you now start leading people not sure now Shy reminded me that I'm still growing. <laughs> That's actually, honestly, it's like, you see, but these are the moments that we're talking about. Like the growth in areas that you're not even cognitive of for me to be like, wow, like I didn't even see the transformation in my own calling to be able to be like, yeah, you're just stepping from me to into like a leadership type role, which I didn't even, I didn't even think about. So that's, I'm going to probably bring Danielle on again because I think that we have so much to talk about um and this is probably the longest podcast episode that we have yet oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you Danielle um 
for this conversation. And I think it's really powerful. Um, tell people how to find you. Where do like, what do we do? How do we find you? <laughs> IP the poet is on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, IP, and then T-H-E, and then poet. Um, and you can connect with me there. Send me an Instagram, send me a DM, let's chat. I'm friendly. Get to know me as I get to know you. <laughs> Great. And I will definitely add her details to the description. So you will see that as well. Thank you for listening to the Losing Faith podcast. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone that you think that it may help as well. If you're not following me on social media, I can be found on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok under Sharno underscore made new. And if you want to purchase my book, Promiscuous Tales of a Church Girl, or any merchandise that I might have on sale, you can find it at www.payhip.com slash Sharno Taylor. Thank you for listening. See you next time.